Uh, Edward Koppel, star of The Tonight Show. Happy Friday. You know, I, I had thought about not coming back because <laughs> of the feedback that I've gotten this week. I've, I am too big for my britches, as they uh, would yeah. say in the South. Yeah, certainly. Annie, it's good to chat with you. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. We've got yes. some things to discuss. Hold One fast. of the things I think we need to talk about is Meghan Markle and Prince Harry. Oh, boy. Wow, right? It's hard to know where to start. What do you think? What do you what what was your like what were your impressions watching that deal? Because I know we've all been talking about it for a week, but it has not in any sense slowed down. All right. <laughs> like, like it's right. been a it's been a crazy Royals week. So what did you yeah. think going in and what did you think watching it? I watched every second of it. Yeah. And because I am I like royal things. I'm unabashedly interested. And mm-hmm. And I loved Meghan Markle on Suits. So longtime fan, first time yeah. caller, <laughs> Meghan Markle. Um, I, man, I, I felt so sad for them. I felt, I, I, she said it really well where she kind of said, what you see and what is actually real are two very different things. Yeah. And I was like, gosh, bless her heart. My gosh. Yeah. Um. So I and and the difference and the thing I can't understand, which I hope I think you can explain to me. So I'm going to give you the floor here. What's the difference between the firm and the family and the institution? Yeah. Okay. So I've done a little work on this, and people will do better than this. But the family is the actual like this is my mom, this is my dad, this is my uncle, right? It's the actual uh-huh, family uh-huh. connections. So. Don't make them royal. Make them grandma, grandpa, uh-huh. dad, brother, sister-in-law. The uh-huh. family. That's the family. So as I understood it in the interview, there's family dynamics and relationship things happening that are, uh, some of them are super hurtful and intense. Some of yeah. them are super yeah. sweet. The way they talked about their grandma. Right. It's helpful in this moment. To, the way they spoke about them helped differentiate what it was happening in the moment. So when they were saying like, my grandma is the best, they weren't saying the queen. They were right. saying my my grandma right. because that's right. the family, right? The firm and slash the institution are the same thing. So this thing that the family is in, they are all in a business together. The business has is called the royal family. So oh, this, interesting. Of which the queen is the boss of this family. So they have HR department that Megan talked about. They have yeah. Yeah. communications department. They have so the business of the royal family. And it, it is great to be sure, which is why this whole thing is so deeply personal. Right, right. In some ways, and I know that this is a big leap, when they were talking about it, I was like, oh, I know this. It's when I, it's like when I started working at my church. Okay. So it went from just my church that was just like my place for spiritual nourishment and community to a job where you got to do okay. emails now right, to make the right, thing run. Right. So I understood a little bit of that difference. It's not that sinister, of course, but right. it was like, oh, I see. So the firm and the the institution is the business that they all run together, of which mm-hmm. it is a business. Like mm-hmm. the queen, as the boss, decides who in that business gets paid, gets housing, or more salient to this conversation, who gets security. So right. It's From not the business from the business slash the firm from these folks. So that's the, that is the big, the issue in the interview. There was, it kind of bounced back and forth. And that was the only thing that I wish there had been clarity on. Yeah. Because there there were family dynamics happening. And then there was 
this business failing them pretty mm-hmm. hard. Mm-hmm. So, right. Okay. Let me tell you two things I thought were fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They never one time mentioned Camilla Parker Bowles. Not yes. once. They sure didn't. Not a, not an indication toward her, not a, not a mention of her name, nothing. Right. And they never mentioned Prince Philip, except when they're in the chicken coop and they said the Duke of Edinburgh was in the hospital. So she picked up the phone and called the queen. Mm-hmm. Other than that, they did not even mention him. Yeah. What is that? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. The. To me, there was as much striking about this interview that wasn't said as there was said. And there was some mm-hmm. crazy stuff said. There was crazy stuff said, yeah. But the silence of certain things were deafening. I mean, just yeah. a little, just exactly what you said, that they didn't mention ever mention Camilla. Now, I don't know that that was a purposeful omission, but her lack wow. of involvement, some, well, Right, we can conjecture that it probably was, but her lack of involvement in this whole narrative says something. Either she's right. fully not involved and actually just not a part of this, which is its own kind of crazy. Sure, right. Right, or it's much more sinister. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> right, and they're just like, she shall not be named. Uh-huh, right. But, I mean, the amount of just clear, just, I mean, they mentioned Kate not in glowing terms, and this is... Uh, certainly the yes. the most, if not one of the most visible human beings on earth and certainly mm-hmm, in the royal family. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I thought so, it was wild. Uh, yeah. um, what was your big takeaway? Did you, I assume y'all watched it. Oh, I did. I was supposed to be Xbox with my dudes night. Uh-huh, and uh-huh. that was a funny text. <laughs> that was a funny text message. Uh-huh, hey I'm guys, sure. I'm actually going to dip out tonight to watch the, Megan, you know, <laughs> Megan and right. Harry and Oprah interview. Right, right. And then there was just silence on the text thread, which is usually an immediate text thread. And then one of them just was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, I had some friends ask me to go to dinner Sunday night. Yeah. And I was like, you you mean during Megan and Harry? Huh. Yeah. Before okay. eight or after 10? Because I, yeah. I could probably <laughs> yeah, yeah, handle yeah. either, but... <laughs> Eight to ten. So I watched it when I got home from lunch, but I, or dinner, but I caught up pretty quickly. Yeah, because it's hard to stream this thing. Because CBS yeah. streaming isn't like every other streaming where you can just no. Is CBS is like a lockdown? Uh-huh. Uh, I think there were a couple things. I mean, I think the the humanity of the people. Like I, I mean, you and I remember a lot of people listening. We remember watching Diana's funeral, and all of a sudden, right. this whole tabloid thing that was once a fun story that we all like to follow was like. Oh no, this is real. This is real people. Yes. This, is, this is real little kids losing their mom. This is Yes. This is horrific. And and right. I felt I felt that watching this because I went in going like because everybody on Twitter was doing the same thing. It was like the mm. Michael Jackson eating popcorn gif, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah. oh, this is gonna be juicy. And then when you started watching it, I just felt like, oh, this young woman, young woman, she's my age. This this person is really having a hard time. She's like, not okay. Yeah. And talking about mental health, when you, she's ringing the bell, like that she wants to harm herself. And she's then walking through the stages of, mm-hmm. she has a plan. She's developing a plan. Yeah. It's happening. Like, you're like, oh no, this was 
real and awful. Yes. And then yes. all the stuff that she talked about, about like the concern or the conversation around Ar- mm-hmm. what would Archie's skin color be? Right. Like, like this isn't juicy tabloid royal, the crown stuff. This right. is dirty and awful and hurtful and just right. Like, she was sad and he was sad. Right. I, I just, I, I left it going like, oh. Maybe we should just find something new and juicy. <laughs> like this is hard. This is very sad. Yeah, I wonder. I, I wonder how much they will get. I mean, they moved to a part of the world that is yeah. full of famous people that where they get left alone. Yes, yes, like, yes. Santa I mean, they, Barbara has a lot of protection around uh, paparazzi things. Right. They're yeah. They have genuinely walked out of the public eye. Well, yeah. not out of the public eye, but they, they're in a safer well, situation. Not Sunday night, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't walk out of the public eye Sunday night. Yeah. I mean, what do you think, as of us recording this, there is no response from the from Buckingham Palace, from the Queen, from the firm, from Prince, all of them, William, any of them. What Do you think they will say something? You know, it's... It is hard to imagine a scenario where they stay silent. I think they will, knowing the royal family and the very long-standing protocol that they have. I mean, even when we saw this with Diana, in Diana's death, they will stay quieter, longer, and when they say something, it will be less satisfying than anything we would hope. That's right. That's right. That's exactly right. Because in my mind, I want a mea culpa. It was a... Yeah, we've made it, it was what Harry said in the interview. He's like, I don't understand why everybody just isn't. He said it more eloquently than certainly I will. But uh-huh. he was just like, why, why don't people just be honest? Like, here's our faults. Here's what we're doing. Well, everybody will appreciate you more. He's like, that's why I, you know, he was talking about that in the interview. Like, that's what we're doing. We're saying we made mistakes. We've done things well. We have had hard times. I think people will resonate more with us because of the honesty and transparency. And I fully agree with them. I just but if we know anything about the royal family and then what is confirmed through shows like The Crown, where you see how it actually works and you realize, oh, it actually might be like that, that it Which, will just... did you love that he talked oh, about The Crown? That was real juicy, wasn't it? You're yeah, like, that was great. Because that's the question with The Crown is, oh my gosh, have they seen this? And he's seen yeah. a little bit of it. Uh, no way have they seen a little bit of it. They watched every minute. I wonder though, because the early seasons with Claire Foy and early Crown were early Queen Elizabeth, that yeah. feels like a different time and a different age. I wonder what it's like when you start to see your dad meeting Camilla as a young man for the first time. That to me, I wonder if you could you could watch that. Yeah, if there's something that seems horrible about watching that. Right. Like the Princess yeah. Margaret year, the Princess Margaret storyline last time. You're sure. like, yeah, that's a different generation. But when you start to get into whatever this current season is, that's uh-huh, like, uh-huh. like, oh, that's Hard to see. Then again, I also just thought, man, how many so of the writers for uh, for season five of The Crown just stayed up all night Sunday night? They're like, here we have it. Here's what it looks like. <laughs> well, we can write it now. Well, it is happening, right? This is yeah. it is really unfolding. Um, yeah, I it was crazy. Yeah, I, it was crazy. Yeah, I felt very, very bad for them, and I just also illuminates that even in this royal family, even in this thing that we all basically across the board all around the world, there's a fascination with this family Mm -hmm. and 
when they were talking about the level of fame, Megan was talking about the level of fame. She's like, there's the super famous and then there's meeting the queen. It's just a different level. I'm like, oh, totally. Even the president gets nervous when the queen comes over. Like, this is a different level of fame. Right, right. That there would be racial disparity in that in that family and is was very hard to hear because you think well, they could certainly be a special example, couldn't they? Yeah, but I I can't imagine anyone expected them to be that. No, but it, I would hope they would be. But yes, sure. Not I mean, they could be a they could be a special example of sixty five thousand things ways the community could be better and the world could yeah. be better based on their behavior. And yeah, I, I don't expect them to be any of those things. Yeah. Well, this was dropped right in front of them, and they I what from the interview it sounds like they took the worst path, which yeah. is like, oh no, it was right there. Right. All you had to do was like a baby. <laughs> like you just right, had to like right. be excited about a grandson and real. And I mean, the removing of the yeah. the not giving him a title, the part where yeah. Harry said they told him Megan should keep acting because they didn't have money to support her. Yeah. Like what? what Wait, aren't right. there like ninety four cousins that live off of this? Prince That's... Andrew, who has some pretty nasty history that is proving oh, yeah. to be true is still on payroll, but they can't afford his wife. Yeah. 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 I, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, it was bad. So it may, yeah. Yeah. It was not, it was not good. Okay. So there's that. I have some oh, other things on my list. Do you have, a can I say on one thing? Is yeah, ma- keep saying things. Oprah is magical. Oh, she is. I almost tweeted on Sunday night and then decided I didn't want to push back. I, I, but the tweet I wrote was, Everybody else can take their basketballs and go home because Oprah is the actual goat. She is the actual greatest. I mean, you know, she, I mean, she had, she never looked at her notes. She had a little note card in front of her for things that were exact quotes. Yeah. Like when she was reading off headlines. Yeah. But she never, and, but that card wasn't even in her hand the whole time. And I think she just did it. Well, I saw her say Monday morning that it was a three and a half hour interview that we saw an hour and 20 minutes of. Yeah. And so they also edit it. I think you're right. I think she is the best interviewer of all time. I also think that if she's reading off a card, if I'm reading off a card, I'm having my people edit that out too. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, totally. Yes, yes, yes. So, but yeah, I think she, I mean, I, I, she was unbelievable. And I would pay, I would pay real American dollars to watch that whole thing. Oh, the full uncut. Three yep. hours. Give me the whole thing. Oh yeah. Uh huh. Tell me what. Tell me what the cost is, and I will save up. <laughs> I will hope for it. I will. Yeah. I will do it. I would yeah. love to. It, I mean, really love to watch the whole thing. Yeah, it was spectacular. All right, friends. I know we're talking to a lot of small business owners out there like us. And if you are a small business owner, you need to know about our partner, Indeed. If you're using anything other than Indeed for your hiring, you're wasting your time. You can hire great people faster with Indeed and you only pay for results and get back time in your schedule. 
Indeed.com is the hiring site that helps you find quality candidates with Indeed's instant match. They have instant searches through millions of resumes in their database to help you find great candidates instantly. So you really get to do the part you need faster, meeting and hiring great people. Unlike some hiring sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility, delivering a quality short list faster. With Indeed, there are no long-term contracts. You can pause your account at any time and you only pay for what you need, which is great. With Instant Match, you see a lot of great candidates with zero weight and Indeed delivers four times more hires than any other job sites combined, according to Talent Nest. So friends, if you want your quality shortlist fast, you need Indeed. Right now, our friends get a free $75 credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash keep talking. This is Indeed's best offer available anywhere. So get a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash keep talking. Indeed.com slash keep talking. The offer is valid through March 31st in terms and conditions apply. Have you listened to Matthew McConaughey's audiobook or read Green Lights yet? I have. I li- we, we listened to it on the road trip. Have you? Did we talk about it already? We have not. I started it last weekend and I'm working my way through it a little bit every day. It is, it's excellent. Okay. What do you like about it? You don't like it. I found it to be insufferable. I barely got through oh. it. Oh. So, but I also am in a, I am a rarity because I feel like everybody, people love him. performing it is hysterical. Oh, well, him being Matthew McConaughey is just endlessly fascinating. That's what's worth watching and listening to, or listening to is, is the way he tells these, well, for starters, I'm, I'm a little over halfway through. Mm -hmm. He, and it is, he, he has had a harder time than you would imagine in his life. Well, yeah, the, there's, yes. The real, a, real is, is that it's not all jokes and fun. Like, even though I was not fully jiving with the book, he's had a quite a life. He has been very abused by his parents. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. And just a, a harder road than you would imagine. Yes. But I just, I mean, I found myself, I listened on a plane last weekend, and I found myself laughing out loud multiple times, just him going, part three. Yeah, <laughs> you know, just like every bit of it was was an absolute, absolutely fascinating look into Matthew McConaughey telling you his own life story. Yes. Now, tell me why you didn't like it, because people do need to well, hear they may not like it. Well, generally, overall, I don't want to discount a couple things. One, he wrote a book and he worked really hard, and it's like full of a lot of interesting little tidbits. I don't necessarily love, oddly. I don't always love Hollywood type books about just stories of about this time they went to a premiere and this happens. Mm-hmm. So I I was way more into the book when he's telling about his life because I'm always curious, like, what makes this artist an artist? Yeah. But I also understand that a lot of other people come for the Hollywood glitzy part. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there were parts of the book that I was fully tracking on and into, especially when he's talking about his life, because how do you make a Matthew McConaughey? How do you make a person who acts? How do you make yeah. art? How do yeah. you express art? I loved all that. And I thought it yeah. was very well done. And he is he is surprisingly thoughtful because it's you don't necessarily see him coming. He's like a usually a funny dude. Yeah. He's real handsome. You know, I mean just beautiful and he's very like silly on in on talk shows. And he's deep, he's a deep well, and he's got a lot of history. When it turned the corner into here's Hollywood stories, I should have just stopped listening because I liked the book a lot until just that moment. Oh, okay. Because I just don't love just like rando Hollywood stories. But I live, 
actually for those. So right. that's probably and most why people I like do. it so much too. Nope. Yeah. That's yeah, that's my thing. Most people yeah. do. That's he surprising was, with as much as you love SNL and that you're a you're a star on the Tonight Show, that you know. would not like Hollywood stories better. I'm in the biz so much at this point. Oh that, sure. Mm-hmm. You know, just to hear about it is just like hearing about my own life. It's like <laughs> right, yeah, Matt, it's too familiar. That's I lived it. I don't yeah, need to hear I was about there, it. I was Matt. there. I was at that same day. So, yeah, for no sure. No big deal. Uh, um, but really, what is it about it that you don't like? It is purely that I just don't find it. I don't know. There's nothing like deep in it. I just don't find. I just went. Like, yeah. yeah, I know everybody <laughs> stumbled upon a part, and then this happened, and this happened. I don't know. I also. I like all the SNL stuff, but I specifically like comedy. So I've listened and enjoyed every comedy book. And no matter how minutia they get, I love every second of it. I don't, right, right. I don't care as much about how Dallas Buyers Club is made, though I thought that was an exceptionally good movie. I just want to, it does, that backstory to me for that isn't as interesting as the SNL stats podcast I listened to where they break down every SNL episode in my new show. I just Got like it. a certain segment of entertainment. And okay. follow that more than another. Okay. So, okay. Um, I respect that. But I hear that. Okay. He is ushering in a new era of audiobook reading, though. Do you find that? That audiobooks used to be a companion thing to a book. And now, well, you would know this better than anyone. It used to be like I have a book coming out, and also the audiobook is there. And now I'm even hearing in marketing that it's audiobook. They're pre- there's extra content in audiobooks, and it's written by the author, and they really dig in and add, like John Boehner, the former Speaker of the House. His yes. book is coming out soon, and it's they're totally like just get the audiobook because he ends up just riffing during his own reading of his book, yeah, and giving a bunch of other stuff. And so, audiobooks are becoming this, uh, just extra special thing. Have you noticed that? Yes, is that like what's happening? Yes, and he actually is not leading the way. Uh, oh gosh, I can't think of his name right now. Malcolm Gladwell actually is the yes. one who really changed the game, but he. But yes, I mean, I think you're, there is a real limit on how much extra stuff you're allowed to do. Like there's an actual like limit, per, like ag- according to your contract oh, of yeah. what you're allowed to add in. Um, but we added, I mean, on the end of That Sounds Fun, the audiobook, there are three podcast interviews that don't exist anywhere else. And yeah. and we scored, I read it, of course, and I I performed it. Like I acted, you know, I like read it with emotion. And we had it scored. And so it sounds different than anything else, too. Oh, neat. So, I had yeah. no idea. I mean, that's, yeah, that's what is, that's kind of where audiobooks are going, is it's meant to be another level of entertainment that is not just available in the book. Um, and why, why wouldn't it be? It makes sense. It's sort of right. like a, I mean, Malcolm Gladwell's doing, that's right. What, you know, what Matthew McConaughey did is just made it, he just did it as Matthew McConaughey, right? But Malcolm Gladwell did. Did you listen to Talking to Strangers, Malcolm Gladwell's? Nope. Um, What he did is he made each chapter feel like its own podcast. It had like a a This American Life. If he's talking about a a street in New York, the sound behind it is the street in New York. If he says, when I interviewed Eddie Koffeltz, he actually has Eddie Koffeltz on oh, the yeah. audiobook, you know? So he really met, and so he really changed the game. I mean, when he did yeah. that first, that opened up a bunch of stuff. Now, people like Jen Hatmaker and other people, when they read their audiobooks, they throw in random things, but you can't, 
you can't do a seven minute essay in the middle of your audiobook that isn't in the book. You can go, oh yeah, that's true. I'm glad I wrote that because that's still true. You know, you can do that three or four times, but there's a real limit on what you're allowed to do. That makes sense because you still, I mean, it's, there's a certain point where there's so much new content that you can't call it the audiobook version of that book. That's it's right. A, it's that's a new right. thing. And that, that makes sense. That's yeah. Right. I remember listening to the Beastie Boys book and they just had random people reading the chapters. So all of a sudden, oh, like John, John C. Riley's just reading a chapter and it was so yeah, funny. And yeah. the words weren't changed. The other one was the Steve Martin, uh, Born Standing Up years oh, ago. Oh, no, I haven't just, listened to it. So, I mean, the, by far the best comedy book ever and other comedians would say that that it's just like the gold standard of how to how to be a comedian ah. is born standing up and he wrote it he read it and it was just so entertaining because it's just it's just him so the Matthew yeah. McConaughey I mean he, I think he didn't add a lot to it but I mean it was all very yeah, there's no interesting music there's no that it is literally just him going part one he sounds like the impression of people do of him yes yes but he, it's not it's yes. just him yes exactly Yes. It is absolutely wild and a fascinating listen. And it's not kid appropriate. He says lots of words, but man, oh, it Lord, is. No. Yeah, it is a fascinating listen. And I, I do like knowing, I mean, I had this conversation with friends this week where I was like, I mean, according to Matthew McConaughey, that's a green light. Looking at those three things all lined up together, I should pay attention to that, you know, which in faith, we'd use a lot of other words for what that means. But that's a good, I mean, his language for that of what a green light is, is a really helpful tool to me. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I agreed. I also thought the way he talked about his wife and family was very endearing. I haven't gotten there yet, but I look forward to it. It's just loving. It's just yeah. very sweet. Like, Oh yeah. Well, at the end of the day, this is a guy that's pretty in love with his wife and his kids. Yeah. Like, I can get behind that guy all day long. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Um, what else is on your list? A uh, couple of ask AE keep talking questions. Okay. I think uh, we've got about 10 minutes. Okay. I've got one because some of okay. them came in are real deep and I'm glad that people ask deep questions, but I just did counseling this week and I just don't feel like being deep. Is that okay? okay. I don't yes, feel like. Yes, of course. But I thought Carol at Carol Taylor 13, whose name is Carol. I am also not a cat. I, I, <laughs> Don't That's her handle is Carol. I am also not a cat. No, her handle is Carol Taylor 13, but you know how people change their name? Oh, like uh -huh, uh -huh. Tyler Huckabee does it with every oh, season and every moment. Huckabee. Right. He does it better than anybody. Yeah. Oh, it's great. And the number of puns he can do with his last name, Huckabee, is endless. It's, it's incredible. Really, it's really amazing. But Carol's is Carol. I am also not a cat. Okay. And so because I don't understand that joke at all, if it's regarding either. something inappropriate but or canceled her. or or political, but I, yeah. judging from her picture, she is not a cat, nor is okay. the child she's with. Okay. How does knowing your Enneagram type make you a better human? How has okay. knowing your loved one's Enneagram type help you have better relationship? Uh, yeah. And then she said nice things about the show, but those yeah. are the two questions. And I thought that you certainly have thought about that and would have an answer. And so, yeah. What do, you, what do you think about that? Uh, so finding out my Enneagram because I am a four, uh, initially, I didn't like it because it was too right, and I felt like someone was reading my mail, and I didn't like that feeling. And then when uh -huh. I leaned into it, that Enneagram, learning that Enneagram type and seeing the truth in that helped me a lot um, realize that there were parts of my vocational life that I had long ignored. Like, I am a creative person, and actually yeah. am. And 
why have I ignored that? And why have I pushed that away? And it was within a year later, I was on the creative team at IJM and pursuing different things with podcasting that I hadn't done before and just leaning into the creative nature of who I am. Yeah. And so that has, I don't know if it's made me a better human, but it has helped me to realize things that are more deeply fulfilling. And then hopefully that in combination with a lot of other things has made me a better human. So that's the first, that's my answer to the first question. What about you? Yeah. How, how, ha, how has it made you a better human? There's an assumption that it yeah. has, which I assume it has, but right. what would you say? Well, I, the first time I ever found, read anything about Enneagram was a book for kids, which is really <laughs> weird. A friend of mine who's a counselor had a Enneagram for kids kind of book. And, and she's, and in it, it said, Enneagram sevens can always think of other jobs they'd like to do. And that concept had plagued me my whole life, Eddie, because I thought, why am I not just satisfied in my job? Why can I always think of other things I want to do? And, and I just thought I wasn't, um, being, uh, I, I, I just thought I was being not content, you know? And then to be like, wait, this, there's a whole group of us that think like this. So for me, that was the start. Yes. Um, and it just mattered so much to have that freedom. And as I've continued to learn the, what it looks like to identify as a seven and, and the pain points again, Enneagram isn't telling you about your behaviors. It's telling you about your motivations behind your behaviors. The more I understand my motivations, the healthier I can be and how I choose what I do. And, and the better I can explain myself to myself and to other people. And so I think it has helped me a ton in, in every relationship, but primarily the relationship with me. Yeah. Which is the second question. How has knowing your loved ones Enneagram type also help you have a better relationship? Um, yeah. I tend to not lean on that very heavy in relationship. (laughs) Exactly. Because I, especially, well, a hundred percent, if they haven't told me that's their type, I'm not interested at all in thinking about what type they could be. Um, if someone has identified (laughs) as something, right. If someone has identified as something like you identifying as a four and me identifying as a seven, I think does help us in our communication. And, and so that's probably the biggest way I've seen it be helpful in relationships I'm in is that it helps me to see, um, this person hears things so differently to me. Like I think about a nine that's in my life or I think about a three that's in my life. Um, and I think, okay, I need to say, I don't need to say this to, to them the way I say it to me because they yeah. are not me. And so that has helped me a ton in communication. What is your, what do you think about it? Yeah, it's the it, exactly the same. I, to me, Enneagram or anything that's self-help-ish or just Im- improving upon is, a person to me, I find that those things are best, most helpful couched within me being the healthiest version of myself I can be. And that is typically the most helpful thing for my relationships. Because just like I would never assume that anyone knows the fullness of me and knows what I'm thinking, even if they feel like they know me well, like even like my closest relationships and like, you're still not in my head. You still don't know what I'm thinking. And I'd still still rather you not guess. So to that end, I will not guess for them. And yeah. I, I will just, I think the best thing I can bring to those relationships as it pertains to the Enneagram is understanding the healthiest and the unhealthy proclivities that I may have as it pertains to the Enneagram and mm-hmm. doing the work over years of 
being a, I don't know, not better person, but just a yeah. more healthy person. That's the word of That's the moment. There's is, is a the more way, healthy person. The way knowing Enneagram helps you in relationships is what it does when you are trying to be the healthiest you. <laughs> yeah. That's how it's going to help you in relationships. I find that the healthiest thing that I can do is to know myself best I can do the work on myself. And then that just bleeds into all of my other relationships. And if they're doing the same thing, then hopefully we're coming at each other with the most honest thing. It's also exactly worth, right. Yeah. Okay. Also, it's worth noting to folks, we just had a little technical glitch. You, your audio sounds different, but you're still there. So I just want to say. Yes. It, sorry. My earbuds died. <laughs> it's oh. not your fault. Earbuds on blast uh, today. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, everything is fine. Everything is um, fine. It's just fine. Uh, yeah, Eddie, I think, and I think that's such a good question, but I also think it's such a good reminder to everyone that Enneagram is not about how you treat other people. It's about how you get healthy for yourself. Yes. Yeah. Right. And we are not the sum of our Enneagram, right? Like, like I am going through my, a whole load of stuff right now uh -huh. that, that I guess it could all come back to Enneagram, but it's not a part of this conversation. And so it's helpful to know that everything has a place like Enneagram, you can, I, wait, I think what do you wait? Explain that again. What are you saying? You're, all the other stuff you're going through right now and Enneagram? I'm saying that I use Enneagram as one, to, and I think a lot of people do, and I would assume you do, is like one tool of many to understand right. what it means to be healthy. So I understand what it means to be a four wing three. I got that. And then sometimes, like the stuff I'm walking with a counselor through right now, like it could be connected back to that, but I'm just not worrying about Enneagram too much right now because there's just right. other other parameters, other definitions, other books, other things right, right now that have been helpful in, in learning that. And so I feel like yeah, just staying, right. for me, it's staying real rounded because I really like to hang my hat on one thing and not let go. And I have to remember yeah. like, I'm not the sum of my four wing three. That is a piece of it. And now I need to also think about this and read this other book. So yeah. Yeah, that's right. Because sometimes it really makes me nuts when people go, oh, I know, Annie, you're afraid of pain. And I'm like, well, no, you don't know what I'm working on. And you know, don't, like, like, don't the, the big handles of each Enneagram number are not what you should assume every person with that Enneagram number is experiencing. Right. Yet at the same time, it is pretty crazy how knowing uh -huh. I'm a four, like fours unite. We all kind of do sort of get each other in a weird there, there is a strange yeah. accuracy to the whole thing. So it's, sure. like, it's totally both. Anyway, so it was a good question, and I'm glad that that person isn't a cat. Yes, yeah, yeah, me too. I had just and, and as we always do on the That Sounds Fun podcast in the month of June, the whole month of June is about Enneagram. So if oh, you yeah. want to know more, coming up in just a couple of months, we're doing the whole month on that that one tool. Oh yeah, you're Ennea Summer, right? Yeah. You have different people on to talk about their own numbers and things? Yep. Yep. That's right. Very exciting. So it's really fun because it's not people anybody know. It's just normal people. We only say their first name. We don't share their Instagram. It is just people. Yeah. So that that series is very popular. Yeah. Thank you. It really, yeah, people really like, well, they do, people love hearing from people that they feel that are like them. Right. Right. But, is, and that's, but that's not you anymore because you were on the Today Show. Uh, the Tonight Show. The Tonight Show. Oh, I don't even, I don't even want to look people, I don't even want to look me in the eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just, everything's changed. Yeah, I'm just. Feels different. I'm just better. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, we got to go to the weekend. Yep. You guys yep. have a great weekend. Please wash your hands. Stay safe. We'll see you back here on Tuesday. Bye, buddies. Bye.